So how was your week, Jess? Oh, you know, pretty uneventful as weeks go. How about you? Uh, who's that? You want me to go get that? Yeah. Do you mind? All right. Hello, have you heard the word? Shut the door, shut the door! I've got this pamphlet right... Who was that? You don't want to talk to them. Trust me. Warning. Incoming game. Warning. Incoming game. Welcome to Incoming Game, the podcast where we watch... And rewatch The 90s animated... No, sorry. The 2001 animated series, Reboot, Season 4. <laughs> I'm Jessica, and I've been a fan for a long time. I'm Ben, and I'm still watching this for the first time. Each week, we take an episode, dissect it, inject some trivia, and try to find our frostiest moments. This week, we hear more of the word in Crossnodes. So how are you doing this week, Jess? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. I am very much looking forward to the holidays, which are almost here, mostly because I get time off from work and <laughs> then get to do actual things. <laughs> How about you, Ben? I'm ah, doing okay. I've actually been uh, getting back into playing Metroid on the Raspberry Pi, Ooh. which may or may not have contributed to last week's episode coming out a little late. <laughs> we'll see. Look, this is a partial video game podcast, so can anyone really blame you? <laughs> And on top of that, I've actually been uh, excited that uh, Monster Factory is coming back. They've got a, a new video out as of this recording. Ooh, yes, I heard. It was very funny, <laughs> if you hadn't seen it. All right. Ready to get into the episode? Let's do it. Great. Today we're doing Season 4, Episode 2, Crossnodes. First aired on October 19th, 2001. It was written by Gavin Blair, Ian Pearson, and Ian Weir. All these Ians now. <laughs> so many Ians. Multiple Ians. <laughs> <laughs> and we start off with yet a new intro. Oh yeah, Bjork has her new intro now. That's right. And we uh, open up to a gospel worship service led by Mike, who's singing praises to Damon in front of a <laughs> choir of Dr. Doom backup singers. Everything here is so obviously ominous, and Damon's just sitting there tapping her toes and clapping along. Oh, man. This episode started off right with a bang. I'm already cracking up at this sequence. This is very good. <laughs> Mike is singing his thanks to Damon for being infected. Nothing could have been better than that. I mean, I even got up and stood lifting my hands up and clapping along, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but we get a very fast music switch from gospel to ominous as the song ends and Damon gets up to touch some eggs. Yeah, <laughs> she's activating all these electronic Easter eggs that everyone's holding out in front of her. But uh, Skyrim has some bad news for her. Yeah, and then we cut to a dog battle. Dog battle, dog fight. That's the word. We cut to a dog fight. <laughs> <laughs> Matrix and Andrea are sealing up some rifts and creating some new firewalls around major ports to the net. Mouse doesn't understand why Damon is only infecting pathways instead of the whole system, which kind of blows Fong's mind. Infect the entire net? Oh, could she have such power? We're getting actually some pretty good exposition here where we're learning, one, that Damon is only doing the pathways, and two, they're trying to protect the rest of the net by visiting other systems and then creating firewalls to prevent Damon from infecting those those ports. 
I like how Bob has to remind them how viruses work, which I'm surprised that he even remembers that after the last episode. Yeah, right? I half expect him to be like, what virus? Megabyte? However, at this point, Bob notices that Dot's not paying attention to the exposition. No, she's mocking up some blob monster hex vor fan art that uh, someone must have commissioned her to make. So she's a little focused on that. (laughs) I understand. Commissions are tough. (laughs) (laughs) And Mouse is still stuck on questions like, why are the Guardians using doors? Bob's like, no idea. I usually just fly in through the window myself. And Dot's like, who cares about this obvious bit of foreshadowing? It's a weakness, gosh darn it. (laughs) And just then they get a call to check out the Nullzilla situation, which triggers a flashback. So yeah, Wellman Matrix is standing in front of the Stargate, giving a lecture to a mostly empty hall, uh, and spouting crackpot ideas like, there are other computers out there, and we could connect them to each other through some kind of internet. Now, I, I know I have my critics that some sprites say there are no other systems. Other systems? Other peoples? Give me a break. It's crackpot over here. <laughs> So 80s Dot is uh, helping Dad practice for his presentation by asking questions and then having to answer her own questions because (laughs) he is fully unprepared. (laughs) Look, there's no internet yet. He doesn't know what a TED Talk is. (laughs) Not to worry. Dot will be there. She wasn't. At this point, in future Dot starts crying, and Bob goes to comfort her. But then his hand goes all Marty McFly on him? Oh, you stole my joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't really talked about this, but uh, both this week and last week, Bob's been kind of fading a little bit every so often, and kind of cringing in pain as he does so. So uh, something's zapping his energy, I guess, which is what happens when you don't get your afternoon shake. <laughs> Either that or what happens when you merge with your key tool, which no one's ever done before and has some kind of taboo on it, which, you know, may or may not be because it could cause you to fade and die. But that's just a guess. (laughs) Maybe that's why we keep flashing back to 1985. What do you mean? We need to stop him from (laughs) fading out of existence. (laughs) Look, Crispin Glover won't sex himself up. (laughs) (laughs) So meanwhile, little Enzo is sitting around watching season three. But apparently his DVDs are the binome reenactments, which is always a welcome sight. Honestly, I would watch this entire series again as binome reenactments. <laughs> yes, I would too. <laughs> I want to see the whole thing, but with binomes. One thing he's tired of is being called Little Enzo. From now on, you can call me Little Matrix. So he's having a little bit of identity crisis and wants to follow in, well... His own footsteps. I mean, he's big now. He's a guardian. He's a babe for a girlfriend. Who wouldn't want to be that? <laughs> they grow up so fast. <laughs> so he does, he does a little quick change, starts cosplaying himself, and now <laughs> wants to be Lil Matrix, which, yeah, that's not, that's not tougher, dude. It's not. And speaking of Matrix, he and Andrea are chasing our friend from the Old West episode. She's got one of those green eggs, but no ham. And is heading for a beam of light to toss it into. Andy's trying to talk her down from whatever she's about to do. And uh, Matrix is more gearing towards the shoot people strategy. Yeah. Andrea tries to distract her by asking about the word. But she gets wise to it and dives into the light beam, disintegrating instantly. Nothing like a suicide pact to make you really think about this religion as something you should join. (laughs) Back in the supercomputer, Jafar is telling Damon how strong the mainframers are. Uh, They've blocked out the systems, and they can now only be reached by a portal, which means Bob. C-Dot, that was important information. You should have been paying attention. (laughs) 
<laughs> She's confident that it's already too late for Mainframe, but decides that it's time for Matrix and Andrea to hear the word. Speaking of Mainframe, Dot's talking to some emergency personnel while Bob is being escorted to his apartment for some reason. He says he just needs some energy, but once inside, he starts disappearing again and collapses immediately to the ground. Man, I don't remember his car looking like that. Yeah, apparently no one's been maintaining it <laughs> since he's been gone. It looks like a completely different car. <laughs> Look, apparently that's why he kept working on it all the time. Yeah. If you don't work on it, it turns into a different car. <laughs> so, uh... Matrix and Andrea are at another hub, about to do that nasty hub stuff, when Andrea notices a power buildup that blasts a beam right at them, almost destroying them. Cue Admiral Akbar. It's a trap! <laughs> the beam seals up their door and traps them inside without a portal. Their only way back is Bob, who's currently passed out on his apartment floor. Dot is trying to reassure the Null Father that they are working on a cure when a game comes down. And Mouse is doing some hibachi at the diner, and she simultaneously asks Cecil for the check and tells him to put it on her tab. Cecil, check, please, sugar. Check, coming right up. Put it on my tab. Which is it, Mouse? I mean, no wonder Cecil's so exasperated all the time. See, I was going to say Fruit Ninja. You went with hibachi. (laughs) She also chops up his little bow tie because he was giving her sass before heading out. Dot arrives in Bob's apartment to find him passed out on the job. She tries to get Bob out of there, but it's too late. The game has landed. And it's an Egyptian tomb that's being raided. But it's not Lara Croft. It's some dude. Finally, a male tomb raider. (laughs) Ah, finally, after all these years of female main characters in video games taking over the world. (laughs) I like how it's like fat Indiana Jones, too, when we see him. (laughs) Did you not recognize him? Is he? That wasn't Ash. No, that was Rick O'Connell. <laughs> oh, was it? No, yes. I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh, you don't know? Okay, we're talking about this later. <laughs> I just assumed it was like Indiana Jones with jowls. <laughs> no, it's a specific character. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bob can barely stand, and Dot tells him not to reboot, but instead just download the game facts. The user has to read the scroll of life in the next chamber over, so Dot reboots into a sexy Egyptian lady. Well, I was hoping for a pair of 45s. She uh, closes Bob into a sarcophagus for safekeeping and starts taking fire from uh, Fat Indy. (laughs) She manages to trigger a trap that sends a giant eight ball after him, which is yet another callback. (laughs) Back in the other system, Matrix and Andrea are battling for their souls and waiting patiently for Bob to open and then close the portal in five cycles from now. But Bob is busy at the moment. Yeah. (laughs) And Mouse drags little Matrix into the office, and I'm wondering what happened off screen. Like, did he get fresh with her and slap her ass or something? Because <laughs> she's pissed about something. Well, he was trying to run to the game earlier. That's why she jumped out the window. Oh, all right. I like that Fong's just like, oh, I already know about that problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's the least of our worries. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so he Fong fills her in on the situation as uh, Matrix and Andrea evade the Guardians. Andy loses her bike at one point and takes cover indoors, while Dot takes on Indy and tries to suck out his soul. Yeah, he interrupts her as she was walking boobily down the hall. Uh, (laughs) He unfortunately then uses his secret weapon in the middle of the soul suck to suck out her soul, and now she's a crusty old lady. (laughs) Back in the dark warehouse area, Matrix and Andrea meet up again. Traffic was hell. No, the traffic isn't murder. The Guardians aren't trying to delete us. None of the tanks have fired a shot. And determined that the Guardians are not trying to destroy them, they want to capture them alive. So Andy issues a no-gun policy. 
which confuses Matrix until she reveals what it is she's been sitting on. A box! A box! A box? Is it filled with a pox? It's filled with a pox. <laughs> in the game, the old lady Dot is unable to stop the user as he goes straight for the scroll. Until, that is, a mummy walks out and starts sucking the life and hair out of him. <laughs> yeah, his soul gets removed and he turns to ash. I mean, literal ash, not evil dead ash. Not Bruce Campbell. Yeah, we got yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> and the game ends and Hex is standing in the mummy's place with a whole new look. Gone is her red aesthetic. She is now white and gold. Or is it blue and black? <laughs> no, this is 2001. We're not there yet. Okay. Uh, Hex is just as surprised by the alpha change as Dot is, but she seems a little fuzzy on the details of what happened. What now, Cocoon? I have a theory, which I'll get to later, but for right now, Dot tells her to get Bob to a portal generator, but she's unable to fly, as all of her powers are gone, so they have to catch an Uber. <laughs> Matrix and Andrea walk out of the warehouse to confront the Weeding Guardians while wearing giant exosuits. And we discover that Turbo has also been converted to daemonism. You can tell because of the goofy grin he's wearing. <laughs> he continues to preach the word, even as the troops are getting tossed around by the exosuits. And Damon tells Skyrim to send another Zoom room before anyone gets deleted. Andrea, yelling at Matrix for not helping out and just standing talking to Turbo all day, uh, <laughs> is the one who actually notices the Zoom room coming towards him. She pushes him out of the way into a portal, which just happened to appear right on time and in the right place. But that means Andrea gets sucked up in Matrix's stead. And so as she appears at the cathedral, she flies into a rage and is about to smash Damon. But Damon stops her with just a finger and infects her immediately. My lady. And then she sends out a green wave that ripples through the system. All the little magic eggs go off and all the systems are now infected. Specifically, the entire net. 92% of it is infected. 92%? Everyone's freaking out at the office. How is she infecting the sealed off systems? Could she have done this all along? Why wait until now? What are we going to do, Dot? Dot? Hey, Dot. And she's like, uh, what's my line again? <laughs> Fong, you're like literally in charge of this system. Could you please take some damn responsibility at one point? <laughs> We uh, cut to credits on Dot's gaping face as she might be coming to some kind of realization or plan. We don't know. I mean, at this point, I would just think she's going, I'm screwed. I'm screwed. We're all screwed. Everyone's screwed. <laughs> it's just the uh, blue screen of death. You're screwed. You're screwed. All of us screwed. <laughs> what do you think of this episode? I really liked it. I'm. I've... It's interesting... Going into this season with the idea that it was going to be kind of a letdown, because that's what I had been hearing from various people. But these first two episodes, at least, have been genuinely great. Like, and probably some of my favorite episodes of the series as a whole so far. Yeah, like, I really have to agree with you. I don't know if my own memories are letting me down or what, but these two episodes have been very good. Uh, again, there's a lot of stuff happening in this episode. There is no downtime. But it doesn't feel rushed or bad. It feels really good. Yeah, like the pacing, the humor, and action, they're all on point. Like, I feel like this is what I've been wanting the show to be all along. And, like, the humor and dramatic stuff is perfectly balanced. The animation is great. The plot is interesting. <laughs> I'm having a ball with, like, watching these ones. So it's it's strange to see Gavin and other people talk about it, like, negatively and how it's like, oh, yeah, season four. <laughs> Uh, I, I feel like the return of little Enzo is actually really good, too. I feel like that could have gone badly. Oh, yeah. 
And instead, he's just the right amount of uh, humor mm-hmm. in there. Like, he's not he's not ruining the show. He's not like, why are we with Enzo right now? We could be with people that are actually matter. Like, you know, like, oh, this is funny. Like, Mouse holding him up by the scruff while he, like, rolls around saying, <laughs> this is no way to treat a renegade. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, I think, yeah, it's like they took everything that worked about the previous seasons and got rid of the stuff that didn't. Like, I don't know. Like, it just seems to gel really well. And again, while the models are not what they were, and it is a little bit off-putting, they're not bad. No. And the animation is great. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I had a really a lot of fun with this episode. And Damon's a great villain so far. <laughs> she hasn't done anything except, like, you know, talk, you know, high-pitched and, you know, point fingers and toes. But <laughs> She hasn't, but that's kind of what makes it, like, awesome, because... You know, she's this tiny, frail thing that talks in a little, like, French Bjork voice. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> she, like, hasn't really done anything to anyone. But the whole, like, children of the corn that keep coming out talking about the word <laughs> is, like, terrifying. Like, <laughs> right. if she doesn't have to lift a finger to infect 92% of the net, that's pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, now one of our main players is down and infected. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Andrea's gone to the dark side. Well, so is Mike, but... <laughs> yeah, I said main players. <laughs> People we care about. <laughs> I know, he's had a larger role this season than he has in, like, you know, all of season three. I think that's all I got. I mean, yeah, like, it's just been it's just been a lot of fun to, to watch so far. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm excited to see where it goes. Me too. Pixelacious! So, uh, what do we have for Bits and Bites this week? All right, so we first open up with a gospel <laughs> revival, uh, who I originally thought he was trying to be Elvis. He does kind of have that hair, but apparently he's supposed to be James Brown. Okay. <laughs> the lyrics <laughs> of the song were written by Ian Pearson and Gavin Blair. Uh, so it's not a real song, but obviously based on uh, a few different gospel songs that would use the crossroads as a theme, um, except mm-hmm. this is notes because it's three boot. Uh, we also get the Stargate again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is the second iteration of the Gate Command. Uh, we learn it's an invention of Wellman's, and it previously appeared back in When Games Collide. Yes, I thought we saw it before. <laughs> Our game makes uh, two allusions to Tomb Raider. One, by being a game where one raids tombs. And two, where poor Dot is disappointed that she does not have a pair of 45s on her hips which was, of course, <laughs> Lara's favorite accessories. We also get references to The Mummy. Uh, our main user in this game is Rick O'Connell from The Mummy, uh, played by Brendan Fraser. It's amazing. Ben obviously has not paid enough attention to it, if watched it at all. Wait, that was supposed to be Brendan Fraser? Yeah. That didn't look like Brendan Fraser. I'm sorry. <laughs> look, I'm looking at a picture of Brendan Fraser. <laughs> You're pulling up pictures of Brendan Fraser now? <laughs> Yeah, I've got Brendan Fraser right on my phone, and that was not him. (laughs) That was him. He had the same outfit and everything. (laughs) There's even kind of a nod to Mummy 2, where he fights a reanimated sexy Egyptian lady. (laughs) Which, speaking of, Dot's costume is apparently modeled after Elizabeth Taylor's costume when she played Cleopatra in the 1963 film. I may have to check that one out. Uh, We also get a very small nod to Indiana Jones with the giant eight ball trying to crush poor Brennan. (laughs) Also, The Mummy is amazing. It's one of my favorite films. So go watch that. Okay. I even like The Mummy too. 
<laughs> to be fair, I pretty much love anything with Rachel Weisz in it, so I'm biased. <laughs> I like Brendan in uh, George of the Jungle. <laughs> oh yeah, his 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 earlier works. <laughs> So, shall we talk about the game? We have a game again! Two days in a row! What's up with that? <laughs> so, uh, today's game is originally inspired by Tomb Raider, um, as we say that it is one raiding tombs. Tomb Raider was created by Eidos, which then later Square Enix. It's had 18 games over the years, oh, wow. including mobile and side-scrolling games. It started back with Tomb Raider 1 in 1996, and most recently Shadow of the Tomb Raider in 2018, and features the eponymous Tomb Raider, Lara Croft, that's L-A-R-A, don't call her Laura, <laughs> uh, a uh, very rich British archaeologist who spends her time shooting things and or pushing over her butler, depending on what game you're playing, and there's always a little bit of mystical stuff in there. Uh, it's probably one of my absolute favorite game series. I've played it since Tomb Raider 1 back in 1996. It's great. Um, I was very terrified of the wolves back then. And don't even get me started on the T-Rexes. <laughs> Would you believe I have never played a single Tomb Raider? Not even the new ones? Not any of them. I probably should. Like, I feel like it might be one that I enjoy. I just never had the chance or got around to it. I'm kind of tempted to go back and like find an emulator or just play on one of my old systems, the original game. Uh, just because I loved it so much at the time. Uh, it, my dad had it, and I would, every time I'd go over to his house, I'd play more Tomb Raider. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, that wasn't great for like actually finishing a game, but <laughs> I played it a lot. And I'd probably be a lot less scared of the wolves this time around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seems like a game that I would like. Yeah, it's super fun. Which, speaking of, our second game is also kind of this game, because it's Tomb Raider, but with a dude. <laughs> dude Raider. <laughs> Uncharted uh, is a game published by Naughty Dog and Sony Interactive Entertainment. Uh, it's exclusive to PlayStation consoles. There have been four different games, a Vita game and a kind of mini DLC game called Lost Legacy, which instead of starring the normal star, Nathan Drake, played by Nolan North, it stars one of his buddies, Chloe, who's played by Claudia Black, who is also one of my favorite people. So... Claudia Black, also in Stargate, which we had this episode. It's a circle. <laughs> oh it's my a gosh. circle. <laughs> Circles and circles. <laughs> Did you ever play Uncharted? No. That one's also a fun one. I have trouble shooting things in that one, though. The aiming <laughs> reticles all over the place. We've previously established that I'm a Portal and Sonic like exclusive, <laughs> and, and now Metroid. <laughs> I haven't played all of the Uncharted games, but the ones I have played, one of the things I really enjoy about it is the fact that it, at one point, will go bananas. Uh, you're just like, oh, you're this guy, you're running around, you're shooting people. Oh, I'm in the plane and, and the plane is, is crashing. We're all falling, but we're all, we're all still shooting at each other, even though we're all about to die. And now I'm falling out of the plane. And now I'm like 2000 feet, 1000 feet, uh, 500 feet. <laughs> somehow I've survived. I've somehow survived falling out of a plane. <laughs> How did this happen? <laughs> shooting the whole time. People are still trying to shoot me. We're about to die, but their their purpose right now is to make sure I die first. <laughs> uh, and then just one quick uh, nod to the fact that there is a mummy game. It is only for the Mummy 3, which I think I maybe saw once. Uh, Rachel Weiss was not in that one, so... <laughs> 
It was also a third-person action-adventure game. So if you enjoy third-person action-adventure games, maybe it's fun. I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> play it because racial vice isn't in it, but what are you going to do? <laughs> this is wrong. This is all wrong. So, in the course of watching this episode, did you find yourself a bandage-wrapped frosty moment? <laughs> a bandage-wrapped frosty moment? <laughs> Why are we wrapped in bandages? Because you're a mummy. Oh, because I'm a mummy. I get it. Jeepers. <laughs> so, I don't know. I really liked the part where Hex says she has no powers. Just the voice acting. It's the same voice actor, but you can tell this is like she's playing a different character. Mm-hmm. And she gets this little hitch in her voice when she says, I don't have my powers. And it's just like, oh, poor Hex. I actually feel bad for you right now. <laughs> this is where I kind of have a little bit of a theory, and I don't know if it makes sense. Because she does recognize the fact that she doesn't have her powers, so it might be moot. But my thought was that this is the original version of Hex before she got corrupted, and the corrupted version is what's been terrorizing Mainframe. Uh-huh. So she was trapped in the game, similar to how like Andrea or, Ma- or Matrix got trapped in the game. If someone trapped Hex, and then this other corrupted version has been out there while this pure version is trapped <laughs> in the game. Interesting. <laughs> I actually do not remember, so I don't know if you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably wrong because, again, like, she knows that she doesn't have power, so it's like, you know, can't be that, probably. <laughs> I do enjoy... So I did enjoy that moment. I think my frostiest moment, though, has to be little Enzo being held up by the scruff of the neck. <laughs> Going, this is not how you treat a renegade. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> and Mouse is just like, dude, I, I can literally lift you up with one hand. Stop it. <laughs> What about you, Ben? Have you found yourself a frosty moment? Oh, it was right in the beginning. That gospel song killed me. And <laughs> <laughs> I'll say the runner-up has to be the binome reenactment of Game Over, though, because I always like so good. I always love seeing those renditions when when they show up. <laughs> Seriously, guys at Mainframe, I know you're there's you know you don't all have the IP anymore, but <laughs> if you could just remake the whole series, but with the binomes, that would be great. I'd appreciate that. Thank you. That'd be very good. <laughs> <laughs> Little binome dot going. <laughs> All right. So uh, we put out a tweet like we try to do most weeks. And uh, we'll see what kind of responses we got. All right. So Cameron, mainframe O'Hara, uh, a.k.a. Solid State. <laughs> got a lot of nicknames there now, Cameron. It's too many nicknames. Uh, he says season four is great because it brings new characters and conflicts to the show and also does a superb job of bringing us back to the mainframe we loved in seasons one and two. Your fight really did bring us home, Matrix and Andrea. His one to pick back in Damon Rising. Why did Bob say Guardians? Did he forget? Yeah, we had a lot of fun picking apart the uh, amnesia <laughs> of Bob last week. Yeah, hope you guys enjoyed that one because poor old Bob, he's got he's got some problems. <laughs> Poor Gavin is, like, apologizing for this season already. Like, I'm like, why? It's so good so far. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. I do know that the general plot of the second half is one that I'm currently cringing about. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> but right now, the whole Damon plot has been, you know, A+. plus. Yeah. He does say that this season had, uh, YTV had worse BSNP than ABC ever did. So that was part of it. Well, looking forward to that. No more, no more... <laughs> dick jokes <laughs> so ben 
at Booze Bond Pod mm-hmm. would like to know if a petite French Canadian girl was what <laughs> you were thinking when you heard of the super virus named Damon. Uh, no, I will. I will say no. I did not. <laughs> How did you picture Damon? I didn't even. I don't know. Like I didn't have anything specific in mind because it was just this unknown, you know, threat. And so, like, I really had no idea. <laughs> but I was not expecting that. Well, good. I'm glad she was a surprise. I feel like she works best that way when she's undercutting one's expectations. Yeah. yeah certainly the voice threw me also. Like, I was was not expecting Damon. Vindolf Dwarf on Twitter uh, says that he's from Toronto, so Damon seemed extra villainous by sounding like she's from Montreal. <laughs> a little uh, Canadian sparring. Yeah. Canadian fighting. I thought you guys were polite, gosh darn it. <laughs> that, that's, that was pretty polite, though. Uh, Rob Horrocks, uh, Veg Man, uh, says, uh, Damon Rising kind of feels like a theatrical movie. Uh, stakes were high with the entire net being at risk, and he loved seeing pre-season one mainframe back in flashback form. Yeah, we haven't talked too much about it yet, I think because we haven't really gotten a solid explanation of when this was or what's going on, but... uh pre-season one mainframe feels like it's 20 years earlier than (laughs) season one mainframe (laughs) so much 80s it's just the uh, speed of computers man yeah it's true and this was before the internet got to at least this computer so that's interesting too brycotic kind of uh, agrees with you about like the uh, updated models saying that the the facial animation can look a bit off at times but uh he appreciates how ambitious they were being kind of looks like everything was rebuilt from the ground up and that it holds up remarkably well, considering it came out 17 years ago, which, yeah, way to make us feel old again, Brian. <laughs> it really does, though. It looks like, like Cameron says, it looks like it could have been put out this past year. You know, Honestly, it really does. There is not much difference from what they've put out here to what comes out on TV right now. So I think it's time to make this voyage unprofitable. Anything you want to recommend this week to our listeners? Yeah, so... um. There is a book series that I'm rereading for probably the fifth time. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's the Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson. Um, I can kind of recommend just Brandon Sanderson books in general. I really enjoy his his worlds that he builds. But the Stormlight Archive is definitely my favorite. The third one just came out last year. Uh, so now that it's been a year since it came out, I've decided it's time for a reread of that one. But in order <laughs> to reread that one, I must first read the two that came before it. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, they're huge books. Uh, the audiobooks that I'm listening to range from 45 to 55 hours. Oh. So they take a little while. <laughs> but they're really fun. Uh, if you enjoy like high fantasy, uh, huge world building, really cool magic systems, uh, I highly recommend it. It's, it's super fun and, and really fun just to get into it. It kind of reads like it should be an anime. So if you also <laughs> like anime, you might want to check it out. <laughs> Wait, so it reads like an anime. You mean you have, like read it backwards? <laughs> get it so the guys have like giant swords and like light powers and it, magic armor and i'm just like this was made so that it could be an anime like the ah. f- in my head it looks like an anime <laughs> <laughs> what about you ben do you have anything you'd like to recommend today well aside from the aforementioned monster factory which is a video series on polygon by the mcelroy brothers you should uh, definitely check that out but um I'm going to recommend the Rusty Lake Escape Room series of, like, they're a series of web escape rooms. I think they might be Flash games, but uh, they're really not like your average escape room game. It's uh, They're very kind of creepy and surreal, almost like if David Lynch directed them. <laughs> Aw, 
That sounds fun. Yeah, there's a series. Uh, I think they start off with the um, Cube series. So there's like, it's called Cube Escape. And there's like various ones. And there's um, about like seven or so. And then they start getting like more and more just like strange and weird and creepy and surreal. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, check them out. Rusty Lake. I am definitely going to check those out. I love Escape the Room games. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so in the meantime, you can always uh, find us online at Incoming Game Pod on Twitter and Incoming Game Cast on Facebook and IncomingGameCast.com. You can find me at Dudworks, D-U-D-W-O-R-K-S. You can find me at Stirvina Lady. That's S-T-I-R-V-I-N-O Lady. Our theme music is Spasmatica Polka by Kevin McLeod. Uh, just one question for you. What's up? Have you heard the word? No! No, they got you too! Stay away! Stay away! <laughs> the word is all! No! Throw a pillow at you! <laughs> Stay frosty. Stay frosty, folks. Game over. The user wins.